I'm feeling lucky this time. I'm feeling. We well, shouldn't be. I'm, I'm gonna get <laughs> Are you this feeling confident? Right. I'm feeling confident? confident. As long as it's uh, something I know, then it then. is something that you know. Okay. I will tell you that without without it being a clue, I'll tell you that. Um, all right, I'm going to give you five clues, and you have to tell me what the plant is. It is a deciduous shrub of the rosacea family, which includes roses, black cherry, and nine bark. Um, let's see here. It's native from Maine to Georgia, west to Louisiana, and north to Michigan, but it is not in Alabama or Iowa. Hmm. It does get up to four feet high okay, and has a mound shape. All right. I got an idea. All right. All right. So what's that? That's three. I'm gonna yes, give you that two was more. Three. Um let's see. It's orange to reddish brown bark is ex- exfoliating. Hmm. I don't know. The thing what I'm thinking of, I don't know. I don't I don't know what <laughs> that fits. Uh all right. I'm gonna give you one more clue. That I typically don't go this deep into the clues, but I, I want you to try to get this. The flowers are herm- hermaphroditic, so they have both male and female organs and resemble the flowers of a stilby. <laughs> I don't know what a stilby is. <laughs> <laughs> that would have given it away I, for I me. Say, I've, I've I know what, up what a stilby Japanese, flowers, Japanese so. stilby. It's a yeah. herbaceous, herbaceous uh, perennial. Okay, I, I. I'm going to go with my gut here. Okay. And when you said something, and I was like, hmm, New Jersey tea. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Oh. All right. I got gotcha. you. I'm oh. halfway through. Spirea tomentosa. Oh, yeah. Steeple bush. Okay. And I, I guess that's what a, a still be flower looks like. Yeah, yeah. Kind Am of. I even saying that right? Yeah, <laughs> a still be. A okay. Still be. <laughs> Is it a still be or a still be. It's one word. A S T I L B. still be. Okay. Yeah. Still be. Huh. All right. You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. I'm Fran. And I'm Tom. And today's plant is Spirea tomentosa, which is known as steeple bush, and it's also called hard hack. Yeah, and it's a plant I love. And that's, but you didn't I've, guess I'm it. I'm disappointed in myself. There's something you said that I'm like, oh, four, oh, it was the four feet. Four foot. And I'm like, oh, New Jersey tea, is, that's like a big one, but Fran tends to exaggerate or underestimate <laughs> the height, so it, who knows? It. But, well, this um, is pretty accurate, though. I, I'd say oh, yeah, this, definitely, is, this definitely. is pretty good. And to me, as far as – now, I know we deal a lot in restorations mm-hmm. as far as um, you're, you're putting in what tends to be native to a specific site. Mm-hmm. But this is a very overlooked plant in my opinion, and I don't I know why it doesn't yeah. get used. It's It's got a beautiful texture, a beautiful flower. Um, it doesn't get very tall, and it just it, – it just and it, it's surprisingly, it's long-lived. It can live upwards of 50 years. Wow. So I'm just kind of shocked that you don't see it more often, especially in the trade. Um, but we can go into that. A, a yeah. little bit more. So it's funny. My my question or my clues were were more um, technical that I skipped over because I could have given you a leaf leaf shape and and all that. And, I and just, that wouldn't have helped me either. Nah. It's, um, <laughs> it it might have not thrown me off as much of a still be. But I was interested to hear about the exfoliating bark. That's where I was like, I don't know if New Jersey tea has it or not. 
because and I didn't really think it did, but no, I it doesn't. I was all, my strategy has been go with my gut. What's the when you say something and it clicks? Okay, that's what it could be. I just kind of go with it, and uh, and you, you know because steeplebush is very densely leafed, mm-hmm. so you're not seeing the bark when it's in leaf, and it's a small because it's only getting four foot. You're not getting uh, a lot of girth out of a lot of the stems, so. It's it's like a, a very orange to reddish brown exfoliating bark, and it's it it sounds sexier than it is. I don't mean to downplay it, but it's it's just that's very factual. Yeah. it's pretty, but it's not like ooh. Like yes, that's, yeah, you know I, and I, I mean? agree with that. But that's it is a very unique and interesting looking plant. So yes. tell the people what it looks like. So uh, leaves, they're alternate leaves, and they're elliptic, uh, only about two and a half inches long and, and one inch wide. Uh, green. What, what would you say? Medium to dark? Not yeah, dark. I'd say medium. Medium dark. Medium dark. Um, they're coarsely toothed uh, with a blunt point at the tip and a short stalk. Um, so it's it's a small leaf. Um, the buds are less than two millimeters long. They're ovoid, obtuse, and brown. Um, and it's kind of a. We mentioned it was mound shaped um, and a deciduous shrub, and it kind of forms like a thicket of erect, slender, wand like. Mm-hmm unbranched stems so you're not getting a lot of twiggy branches from the stems it's pretty smooth mm-hmm. um and then it's it's dense erect uh plumes for the flowers they're pink to rose purple uh clustered top to bottom on like a four to eight inch terminal spike yeah and that's what's really attractive about it is because it really it's like a, a spike that comes up it almost looks like a cone yeah and that's what i can go back be, to geometry days and yeah 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 so that's like that terminal spike and that's what an astilbe flower kind of mm-hmm. looks like um yeah. so i really thought that would give it away from me but the other thing i like about it is traditionally you see these types of things happening in the spring but this is really a midsummer to early mm-hmm. fall flower um and it flowers on new wood so you you want to prune in late winter to early spring you don't mm-hmm. want to prune too late or you're pruning off the flower yep. buds yep. so if you're if you're at home and you have this plant although you know you're only going to want to shape it it only gets four foot tall it's not like it's mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to keep it at you know oh it's going to get 10 foot tall and i want to keep it to four foot so it, it's pretty dense as it is so you i personally you just want to tip it just not too late yes. yeah yeah and that's one of the things i've always noted about it it can get really like really thick with these little like long wiry yeah. stems basically. Yeah. And that's, um, I thought the description wand like was very wand like is is yeah, you think of uh it wouldn't have been like Draco Malfoy's wand. His was very straight, yeah. right? But yeah. uh who's who had the crazy the really like was gnarly it, looking wand? Was, was that Gandalf's wa- wand? I don't remember. Uh, no. Now Gandalf's in Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Oh, come on. <laughs> Dumbledore. Dumbledore's <laughs> wand. Oh god. <laughs> No, Dumbledore had the Elder Wand. Yeah. So with the like the knots in it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess that didn't really look like this too. (laughs) Probably Ron Weasley had like a yeah. Probably a crazy one. All right, enough of that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's probably. I was thinking. Oh, it would probably make a pretty good switch. But it's not probably long enough. Yeah, or sturdy to, enough. Sturdy it's very enough. Yeah, whippy. Yeah, totally. So um, after it flowers, it's followed by small, dry brown fruit that kind of split open when they're ripe, uh, and you do get a yellow fall color out of this. So um, you'll get a yellow fall color. So you'll get the green leaves in the spring. You get the uh, pinkish rose colored flower clusters uh, in the late summer, early fall, and then you get a yellow fall color. So three seasons of interest. Uh, that I think makes um, for a good a good mm-hmm. a good plant 
with good merit for your property. Yeah. Does it spread? Uh, yeah, it can be a little more vigorous. Um, it's going to spread by suckers, and it's going to form colonies kind of like uh, Virginia Sweet Spire. Not mm-hmm. as aggressive as yeah. Virginia Sweet Spire, but somewhat. It's yeah. it's a little more slowly aggressive. And I, I, Fran, I just looked something up that will embarrass myself even more. Gandalf didn't even have a wand. He had a stamp. No, yes. And I'm but like, you shall not pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I lost a lot of nerd, nerd score there. <laughs> I but. might have gained too much. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it is a plant that prefers pulse, uh, full sun but can tolerate light shade. To me, I kind of feel like we're describing a perfect garden plant. Mm-hmm. Um, I Like um, you hear all this and you're like, why wouldn't you put it in your garden? And that's one of the ones that's like, okay, what's the problem here? Where, where are the issues? So, you know, nothing crazy. It, you're going to get – it's where it's going to be susceptible to the same diseases that – attack other rose uh, items in the rose family like roses and others. Um, so leaf spot, fire blight, powdery mildew, um, potential insects, probably aphids, leaf roller, and scale. Um, so nothing crazy, nothing – you know, nothing that's like mind-blowing. But it's going to have – you know, if you're used to taking care of roses, then you can probably take care of this. Mm-hmm. But again, it's it's conditional. It's going to be if you have it in the right conditions or not. If you, if you have it in the right conditions, you're not going to have as many issues. And what are those those right conditions? Like if you were going to find this in the wild, where would it be? Uh, so it's it's really a su- successional wet meadow, um, but it kind of diminishes off during succession even though it can be long-lived in a successional forest at kind of early wet meadows, and then it's going to get shaded out. Um, and the root system is woody and branching, so – it's going to be sturdy. It's going to be fine once it, you get it rooted in the system, but it, it's going to like it a little wet, but not too wet. Like it doesn't want to be swampy. It wants mm-hmm. to be like a wet meadow. And what kind of wildlife like this plant? So it does attract bees, uh, flies. And, and, you know, we've talked about this before. Flies are important. So it, flies do like it. Beetles, uh, butterflies, and moths. It is pollinated mainly by bees. Um, but it does host caterpillars of the butterfly, uh, spring, summer, azures, uh, feed on the flower, and uh, buds and developing seed capsules as well. So it does, it does have all of all of what you would want as far as pollinator base. Mm-hmm. Um, and the seed are eaten by birds, and they don't appear to be toxic. So you're getting uh, birds like it. It's dense canopy for for cover, and and you're attracting butterflies, bees, all of the, all the things you want. All right, and what kind of – like I, I love the – not that it really affects me in any way, but when it's a, when plants are a host plant for a particular thing, it's always nice to know that. It's nice to know, oh, I'm doing something especially good for this thing. Is it a host plant for anything? It is, you know, and I like when, – when you, when you research a lot of these, you find one or, mm. or none. But I like – this one has multiple, the sharp-lined yellow, uh, the spirea leaf tear moth, and the Columbia silk moth, all its host for the caterpillars of those. Uh, and in case we didn't mention it, the caterpillars and some of the moths are known to actually feed on the leaves as well. They like the foliage. Mm-hmm. So yeah. remember, if you see leaves being eaten, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It means that it's contributing to the food web. Yeah. So I also love being able to swap out an invasive plant or a non-native plant for a native plant. If you had an invasive or native plant in your garden and you were thinking about it, what what would this be a good sub for? You know, I think in the ornamental trade. Um, Japanese spirea are very, very popular. Like there's yellow-leaved ones like gold mound, uh, 
Anthony Waterer with some light pink flowers because um, they have a light texture and they mm-hmm. give a light balance like I'm wrong along the edge of a border or as an accent. Yeah. I think you can easily swap this out. And to me, it's more interesting. Like I don't want a yellow color. Like mm-hmm. that's unnatural to me. Like in yeah. our native native gardens, that's not a natural coloring. So mm-hmm. this gives you a nice natural look. You can mass it. You can uh, have it stand alone. You could have a stand of it in, in an area of the backyard. Or you can even use it for barberry uh, as a sub for invasive barberry. Yeah, which I I think it's a great sub for just because uh, if you want that like small mounded type look, it really does fit in. Yeah. And while you don't get the thorns, which I guess are a benefit to some for if you want to keep out deer, you know you aren't causing ecological harm and – it has these beautiful flowers that come off of it too. Yeah, it's you're, you're getting a very similar bark mm-hmm. in the winter. You're not getting the thorns, and to me, that should be a plus. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's not red foliage like barberry, but you get a striking green foliage. You're getting a much prettier bloom, mm-hmm. and you're getting beautiful fall color. So yep. um, you ready for another quiz? I'm, I'm trying ready. to go yeah. two for two here. All right. I have five statements, four of which are factual. One of which is fake, fake news. We're going to see if you can guess which one it is. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's see here. Um, the Ojibwa used an infusion of leaves. That's You're so, making I me thought, laugh. I thought you stuttered. Ojibwa. First, I'm like, oh, no, that's Ojibwa, a Native American tribe. Yeah. Used an infusion of leaves and flowers for sickness and pregnancy and for easing childbirth. In plant symbolism, steeplebush symbolizes virility and child rearing. Okay. Um, the Mohegans are said to have used an infusion of leaves to treat dysentery. Because mm-hmm. every plant is, is used to treat yes, dysentery. Yeah. Um, the specific epithet refers to the underside of the leaves and the stems covered in dense white woolly down or tomentum. Mm-hmm. So that's what tomentosum would mean, but this is – yeah, tomentosa. Okay, sorry. And the Algonquin reportedly used an infusion of leaves and stems as a medicinal tea. Hmm. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say the Algonquin didn't use it as a medicinal tea just because the first two were very close. All right. So, yeah, so I'm going to go medicinal tea? Oh, God. Yes! Two for two today. Oh. Uh, I totally made up the the plant symbolism okay. for uh, yeah. viral, virility yeah. and child rearing. You got me. What a, I'm because not really... you you tend to to clump them together if yeah. they support each other. Yes, I do. So I was like, all right, there's already one that says pregnancy and easing childbirth. I'm going to kind of lump this in mm-hmm. and see if I can stump you. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm I'm disappointed I got it wrong, but I'm even more disappointed that I didn't get it right. Because if I did, I was going to go 10 points for Gryffindor and try and <laughs> try and earn some cred back. But uh, I oh, blew that, my shot. Uh, that, you know what? <laughs> that may be the name of this episode. <laughs> All right. So the important question, are you putting this in your yard? Oh, yeah. I, this is another one I don't have in my yard, and I've been looking at it and saying, I need to plant this, and I just forget a lot of times or – I say, oh, you know what? Well, I'm going to do it in May or June, and then all of a sudden it's July, and I'm like, oh, I didn't plan it yet. I got busy, and then it's like, well, I'll plant it this fall, and then 
it's November and I haven't planted it yet. So it's on my docket to plant. I just haven't done it yet. I agree. I, I think it's it. I would like to plant it eventually. And I think part of my reasoning is I've been trying to get that taller outer layer established first mm-hmm. and then I'm going to work inward. Same thing. <clears throat> yeah, I, I have a taller outer layer. Not that it's super tall, but yeah. like 12 to 20 feet tall and then – I'm slowly working down and expanding those gardens out into the yard a little bit. Yes. To, like, so it's still in the corners and edges, but it's not. It's funny because Agatha and I actually talked about that. She's like, what are you putting in front of these? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's funny you should ask. I don't know if I'm ready yet, but this is what I'm thinking, and this was one of the plants that we talked about. Yeah. So, all right, there you go. So two days down, I'm I'm on a – I'm two yeah, for three. Yeah, I've only gotten one right this week. So. All right, I have a feeling your luck is going to change tomorrow. All right. So, all right, we'll see everyone again tomorrow. Until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Hey, everyone. This is Fran. And Tom. And we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.